Blog Talk Radio. You know I can be found. Sit home all alone. If you can't come around, at least please tell the phone. Don't be cruel. Too hard, it's true. Baby, if I made a man. Something I might have said Please don't forget my past The future looks bright ahead Don't be cruel To who heart is true I don't want no other love Baby, it's just you I'm picking Don't stop thinking of me Don't make me feel this way Come on over here and love me You know what I want you to say Don't be cruel To who heart is true Why should we be apart I really love you baby Cross my heart Let's walk up to the preacher And let's say I do Then you'll know you'll have me And I know I'll have you Don't be cruel To who heart is true I don't want no other love Oh baby, it's just you I'm thinking of Don't be cruel To who heart is true Don't be cruel To who heart is true It is Wednesday night in February the 7th, 2018. This is Off the Chain. I am your host, Yvonne Mason. And there was a very special reason I played that Elvis classic tonight. And we will get to that shortly. But first, I have a couple of little bit of housekeeping things to do before we get started with tonight's show. And one of them is to let y'all know that we are so close to 100,000 listeners just on this show that I can feel it, I can taste it, and I can touch it. We are now at 95,632 listeners just on the show. Now, when you add all the podcasts, we're up to a little over 120,000 in over 100 countries. So... All of you who have been guests and keep coming back, like my guest tonight, you're heard all over the world, and it, it does my heart good. It makes me feel so good. And our biggest listening base on this show is Australia. Believe it or not, they're 96% of our listening base. So I have to give a, a shout-out to the Teskey Brothers. It's a blues band that comes out of Australia, and if I didn't know better, I would say they came off Bourbon Street in New Orleans because they sound like Eric Clapton and B.B. King and Otis Redding and Johnny Lang all rolled into a nice, tight package. So check them out. Also, there's two ways to get on this show. You can contact me at offthechainradio at yahoo.com and say, Hey, Yvonne, I want to be on your show. Or if you're kind of shy about having a nice, intimate conversation with 100,000-plus of our closest friends, you can post an ad on this show. I run it for a month, no matter how many shows I do, 10 bucks for the entire month from the day that you send it to me. And 
this gets you exposure, ladies and gentlemen, in places you might not have exposure. If you want to do a snippet of your song, if you want to do an ad for your book, if you sell product of some kind, just we'll do it. I don't care. And that brings me to our corporate sponsor, Cece Chamberlain, who has a podcast called In Your Life, Inside Your Life with Cece. It is a motivational, passionate conversation. She interviews people who are living their true purpose, whether it be a professional boxer, an author, or a history enthusiast, a business person, and she strives to give one hope for a brighter day with her inspirational words. I've been on that show, ladies and gentlemen, and when I got off that show, I felt like I could conquer the world. So download, subscribe, and listen as CC guides you to pursue your dreams and for you to live your best life. This wonderful, fantastic show is available on podcast.com, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else the podcasts are available. That's Inside Your Life with CC, And definitely you want to go and listen to her shows because she is just, she'll make you feel good even on a bad day. Now, Tonight's song by the king of rock and roll, as we all know, is, was Elvis Presley. It's called Don't Be Cruel. And the reason that I played that song is because my guest, Arthur Wainsrell, who has become a regular on this show, he makes me feel good in his books. And when I interview him, he is just he just makes me feel good, period. He grew up in Long Island. And he retired after 20 years with the Suffolk County Police Department, one of the largest municipal law enforcement agencies in New York and in the nation. And for 13 of those years, Wayne served as a section commander supervising investigators. He is a graduate of Sunny Empire State College and served on active duty in the U.S. Army during the Vietnam War and later in the Reserves. Wayne left New York to live in the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains of Tennessee with his wife, Barbara. Now, I want you all to keep that in the back of your mind. A retired New York City cop transplants himself into the Great Smoky Mountains. Now, if you're from the South, you will appreciate this. If you're not from the South, it may take you a minute to go, what, and for that to kick in. So just keep that in the back of your mind. 27 of Wayne's Sam Jenkins novelette mysteries have been published as e-books and many as produced as audio books. Wayne's full-length novels are A New Prospect, A Leprechaun's Lament, Heroes and Lovers, Pigeon River Blues, A Touch of Morning Calm, A Can of Worms, and Honor Among Thieves. Three anthologies that will put 18 novelettes in print for the first time came out in 2017, and a new novel, A Bleak Prospect, is on tap for 2018, and I think it is out. Wayne has won Eric Coffer and the Indie Book Awards, and he was named a finalist for a Montague Medal and First Horizon Book Award. Wayne is a full member of the International Thriller Writers and a board member of the Authors Writer Guild of Tennessee. You can get more information on his website, www.waynezerobooks.net. You can read excerpts, reviews, endorsements, interviews, coming events, see photos of the area where the stories take place. Welcome, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for an hour, and you know why I played that song. I sure do. Hi, how are you? 
Yeah, you I have the king. Fine. It introduces both. <laughs> I thought it would be a cute little way to open up the show because he is one Great of my idea. favorite artists. And to introduce Graceland on the Wheels. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a, a book of short stories, which we will get into later. But just remember, Graceland on the Wheels. So before we talk about the book, which I could not put out, I'm carrying it around like a security blanket around the house, what have you been up to? Well, besides uh, getting this one out uh, a couple of months ago, uh, the, the uh, one that you mentioned, the Bleak Prospect, which is uh, the newest thing, is scheduled to come out uh, probably March or April, uh, whenever the publisher gets everything together and uh, gets it out and uh, up and running and uh, all the links and all that kind of business and the, the, the books printed up. Uh, that's a full-length novel, and uh, I, I kind of like that one because uh, it has something to do with uh, a couple of real incidents that I took that happened back in New York and uh, composited these things and gave my impression of what really happened. These are crimes that spread the whole length of Long Island, going from uh, the Staten Island, the, 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 uh, the New York Harbor area, all the way out onto Long Island, and uh, serial murders and uh, a, a big uh, shakeup in, in a local police department out there. And I'm... Uh, these, these are things that are unsolved, and I'm giving my impression of what really happened. And uh, uh, maybe somebody will pick up the cold case and find out that that's really the truth. And, and it would be neat if they could, because you and you and I both have have talked. We hate cold cases because those, mm-hmm. those unsolved don't give the families any closure or the ability to move forward with their lives because they don't have any answers. Yes, correct. That's right. And uh, these were uh, very complicated murders. Uh, they Somebody who knew how to sanitize a crime scene worked over all these uh, crime scenes and all the bodies. So uh, it, it gave the investigators very little to work on. And they, they were, let me see, let me count now, one, two, three, four, at least four major police agencies involved in this, and they're still open. So wow. I hope uh, at, at some time they kind of uh, get a good undeveloped lead and turn it into something, and they can uh, make a clearance on these uh, things. So let's let's play speculation because you know how my mind works. You've talked with me enough. Somebody that knew how to sanitize a crime scene. A, it was not Johnny off the street that just decided to commit a serial murder. Mm-hmm. Probably had to be someone who had an IQ borderline genius, if not genius. A, had a working knowledge of chemicals and their effects. And also knew what to do to make that crime scene sanitized. So mm-hmm. they weren't yes. idiots. Yes. No, these are smart people. Uh, psychologists can only guess as to what the motivations were. 
but yeah, the, these people knew their way around a crime scene, perhaps investigating them once on their own. Uh, and uh, that's the scary part, you know. They, they have uh-huh. uh, they have named uh, well, no, they haven't named. Uh, they've speculated that there may be police officers or some law enforcement individuals involved in this. That was my as thought. The, that was the my killers. very first thought. That was my very yes. first thought when you started talking about that, because it had to have somebody who had a working knowledge of, like you say, investigation, the law, and how to sanitize a crime scene. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Interesting. Very mm. interesting. Can't wait to read that one. So. That one's coming out in March or April. Yes. And we'll launch it on this show because you are a regular on this show. Now, for those listeners that this is their first time or they've been hiding under a rock for whatever reason, tell tell them why or how you wound up from New York in the Great Smoky Mountains. Now, ladies and gentlemen, for those of y'all who have never visited the South, especially the mountain areas, it is a different culture in in the mountains and, and in those areas because those people, most of them have been there for generations. They don't want to live anywhere else. They don't want to do anywhere. They just want to be there. And... To be able to soak up the culture of the South, and especially the Mountain South, that Wayne has done in his books, it takes, I'm just going to say it, an author who's an absolute genius, who is open to using that culture in his books. And I'm addicted. I can't, he's my drug of choice. What can I say? So tell the folks. <laughs> How, how you well, you're, you're too kind. Uh, okay, how, how did I get here? Yeah. Uh, how did you get here? Uh, a few years before I was contemplating retiring from the uh, the PD up in New York, uh, my wife and I thought we might retire to Scotland. We, we've been there many, many, many times, and uh, the exchange rate was pretty good at a certain point, but then it. Uh, it, it tanked. It, it went from a dollar three to the pound to a dollar seventy nine to the pound, and I just about saw my pension cut in half because of that. Uh, we, we had uh, looked around and we decided on a place we wanted to uh, buy a, a house, uh, but then because of economics, we said, "Well, that doesn't look feasible at the moment." Uh, a fellow who I had been in the army with overseas uh, grew up here. As a matter of fact, he went to high school with Dolly Parton. Uh, right here in this in the smoky area, uh, so we we said, well, let's go take a look down there. Uh, North Carolina was a hot area to retire to, and uh, we were very close to the uh, Smoky Mountain, East Tennessee area. So we said, well, we'll go across the mountains and uh, go see my friend Danny, and we did. And uh, we just felt very comfortable here. Uh, we liked the people, we liked the the countryside. It was very much like. The, the, the highlands, the, the central Cangorm mountain area of Scotland. And uh, we just kept coming back uh, at different seasons and uh, to see how the weather was. And 
everything we could see and started looking for land. And we finally found a place that's got a couple of nice mountain views. We've got uh, five acres here in uh, the foothills. It used to be a Revolutionary War land grant uh, that, ah. that somebody uh, got. He, he came from Virginia and uh, uh, settled here with uh, his family. And uh, we ended up buying five acres of the 300 that he had originally. And uh, yeah, we, we've been here for quite a while and uh, have no uh, interest in going anywhere else. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, the, the thing about the South is we're very warm and welcoming people. <clears throat> and and we love welcoming people into not only our homes, but in our community and in our states. And if I know the people like I know the people in, in, in my hometown, they welcomed Wayne and Barbara and with open arms. You know, if they broke down on the road, it wasn't nothing for somebody to stop and say, hey, Mr. Wayne, can I help you? What you need, you know. This is what we do. But before we get to talking about this wonderful, wonderful book, i got to do an ad, and then we'll come back with our guest, author Wayne Zarell, and his Graceland on Wheels. Best-selling and award-winning author of true crime and crime fiction, Yvonne Mason is back with a brand new book, The Pink Canary, a book that delves into the life of a drag queen and a marvelous whodunit. You can find this and all of Yvonne's other works on Amazon.com or find Yvonne Mason on Facebook and Twitter. You're going to kill me. Buy your copy of Pink Canary now. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman. A True Montana Adventure, available online and in bookstores. Or visit QuinnWildlifeArt.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot. And Winona, the lovable narcissist from the Women's Cave Cave Podcast. Podcast. Inviting you to join us in person or streaming at the Inspirational Women in Literature Conference on March 17th. Get tickets to the conference, buy our books, or watch the TV show Just Right in Life at andwethought.com or thewomenscave.com. So peace and love from Winona and Jade. And we are back with author Wang Zarell. This is Off the Chain with your host, Yvonne Mason. And before the break, Wayne, we were talking about the, the culture of the Great Smokies, and, and you related it to the mountains and the area of Scotland that, that you and Barbara wanted to move to. Did you know, and you probably did, that a lot of that area was settled by Scottish political prisoners that England dumped into the colonies or into America when they would rise up against the king and they wanted to clean out the dungeons. Yes. Yeah, we sure did. Uh, I'm 
kind of big on uh, early American history, and yeah, I knew all about that. And all you have to do is spend a day or two around here, uh, listen to some uh, mountain music, and it's just like you're listening to a Cayley over in Scotland, uh, a, a great uh, Scottish and Scotch-Irish uh, heritage over here, uh, with everything, not just the music, but uh, the, the whole way of life. And and the the dance, you know, the um, the clog dancing comes from the Scottish Highlands dancing mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. do. Yes, right. The a lot of the language comes from Scotland, especially when you get way back in in those mountains, and they live on top of the mountain, no running water, and and no indoor toilets. You still get the Scottish brogue is real thick. Yeah, that's right. Yep. You got no. us down pat. You know all about us. <laughs> Not my first rodeo in the south. Right. So so let's talk about the before we talk about the 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 book. You did a TV show called Tour of Duty. Or you oh, yes. did uh-huh. some some um what are they called? advisement for lack of a yes. better word, because I'm, I'm pretty stupid yeah. tonight. Yeah, I, I work with a number of uh, the guys there that I knew who uh, were technical advisors, and I kind of handled the uh, the logistical area for them, uh, getting uh, correct uniforms uh, for the uh, more specialized people that they had on there. Uh, they had uh, some special forces people and uh, some Australian uh, special air service people. They needed... Uh, accurate uh, portrayals of these characters, so I procured the uniforms for them from the people that I knew from being in the service. You are just a man of many, many talents. You know that, right? Well, I guess I got around a little bit here and there. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you, Graceland on Wheels is the second book that I have read of Wayne's. Leprechaun's Lament, I fell in love with Sam Jenkins, who is his main character in his book. Sam Jenkins, like Wayne, moved from New York, retired from being a cop, settled in the Great Smoky Mountains, and it's like a fish out of water because Sam is used to the rough and tumble and and busy, busy life of New York and and the 24-7 rush, 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 rush. Well, when you come south, things slow down a bit, don't they, Wayne? Oh, they sure do. (laughs) Yeah, I I remember moving down here, and I was the only guy doing the speed limit uh, on US 321, uh, which runs uh, right into the Smoky Mountain National Park, past my house. Did you feel like that you were um, in your own little fast-paced movie? I felt like I better slow down or I'm going to look strange among the rest of the people. <laughs> You're not going to blend at all. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, you just have to listen to me for five minutes and you know that I'm not a local, but uh, uh, I, I wear my T-shirts and jeans now, so I, I don't look out of place. Oh, so you you graduated to T-shirts and jeans instead of oh, sure. khakis yeah. and button-downs. You, oh, okay, gotcha. You bet, yeah. <laughs> You, you, you're getting southernized real quick. Mm-hmm, yeah. Now, this first book, this first story in this book, 
It's called, ladies and gentlemen, it's called Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. And it's it's about a group of people. And I'm going to let Wayne tell you how that story came to be. And, and I started laughing at the second paragraph, and I didn't stop until I finished it. Because I was laughing so hard I couldn't go on to the next story. So tell the folks about Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. This is based on something that happened to a friend of mine who owned a boat dealership here in Tennessee. Uh, Back in New York, we had a lot of gypsy confidence grifters, and they would run all kinds of scams on people. Uh, These are nonviolent people, but they are criminals. And uh, a couple of people came into my friend's boat shop and flim-flammed through a very elaborate... uh, way of manipulating money in a bank. Uh, It was a a nice uh, freshwater uh, John boat, a a fishing boat that uh, probably cost in the neighborhood of six, seven thousand dollars, a used boat. Uh, And uh, my friend had never met anybody like this before. And we were talking about it, and he said, uh, you know, I, I had no idea who these guys were and all. And he described it to me, and I said, well, these are gypsies, you know, they 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 pull these scams. They're experts at it, and I just got to thinking about that, and I said, wow, if I, you know, this was just a boat theft, and uh, probably an hour after these guys pulled out of the lot with that boat, it was sold to somebody else for 50 cents on the dollar, but I said, uh, everybody likes to throw murder into something like that, so that's what I did with Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves, and uh, Sam... He, he's always got a good-looking woman helping him out in his investigations. Uh, so he has a, a gypsy fortune teller uh, help him to uh, locate the people that are uh, probably involved in this thing. And then they, it just blossoms into something even bigger than just the, uh, the larceny and uh, the murder. So uh, it's a, a complicated and kind of a twisted story that uh, is based in a small portion of uh, East Tennessee here. What the the next story, ladies and gentlemen, was was even funnier because I d- I just want to read a a little bit of the beginning of the story. It's called Heaven's Gate, and and it is not what you think it is. And I'm sitting here reading this one, and I'm seeing the scene. Because you have set the scene beautifully. I'm seeing the scene. I'm seeing the two cops. And I'm seeing this busy, busy event going on. And I'm thinking, this Mm -hmm. is not going to end well. So it's called Heaven's Gate, ladies and gentlemen. And and this is just a short excerpt. And then I'm going to let Wayne explain how this story came to be. Most of the police chiefs I know don't work on weekends. I'm no exception. One warm Saturday in late May, I stood in the driveway washing the pollen off my gorgeous 1967 Austin Haley 3000 when my equally gorgeous wife, Kate, stuck her head out the door. Hey, sweetie, Junior Husky's on the phone. Be right there. Junior is one of the 12 officers who work at Prospect PD. Prospect is a picturesque little city in the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains. 
I rinsed a coating of suds off the Healy, walked through the garage, and answered a wall phone in our kitchen. What's up, kid, I said. Sorry to bother you, boss, but me and Bobby's at a gun show in the Jacob building at Chillowee Park, and we need supervision. Bobby was Officer Bobby John Crockett, another one of Prospect's finest. You want me to help you pick out a gun, I asked. Now, Wayne, I almost fell out on the floor when I read that one. No, sir. <laughs> we got us a police problem. And, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, he spelt it P-O-L-E-E-C-E. Chillowee Park is in Knoxville, not our area. Sam, this looks big, Junior said. Y'all might need to get your federal friends involved. Aren't there any local cops at the show? Yes, there are two old guys from Knox County that don't look like they can walk and chew the back at the same time. And you want me to get involved? If you was here, you would too. What have you got? I could see that conversation dancing around in my head. I could see those two boys on the phone with Sam Jenkins. And you you nailed it. Well, Bobby, John, and uh, Junior are two of my favorite characters. I, I love those guys. Uh, if I had uh, a couple dozen of them, I could uh, police any city in the world. Uh, they're just good cops and, and good guys. And uh, they, they like to get involved whether they're on duty or off duty. So, yeah, that's that's where we started out. And th- this is based on me having, let me see, I started out in 1979, uh, with gun shows and, and things like that back in New York and uh, continued on when I got down here. So I know a lot about the, uh, the casual firearms and military business. And uh, in getting involved in this kind of stuff, you just see that a lot of shady business goes on during these things. There are plenty of legitimate dealers, but there are plenty of shady characters. And uh, this turned into a deal where uh, they were actually selling uh prohibited uh, destructive devices, uh, you know, explosives. And, uh, uh, well, Sam ends up buying a, a Laws rocket, which is what we call a throwaway bazooka and all that from one of these dealers. And it, it just uh, escalates into uh, uh, a little bit of a conspiracy from a, a right-wing group and uh, this guy that he sets up and goes undercover to uh, arrest uh, uh, gets all jammed up with these other people, and Sam brings his buddies from the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms uh, Division of uh, the, the Treasury agents in. And uh, I, I had a lot of fun doing this story uh, because it happens yeah. all the time. It does. And in and, and reading this story, there was one character that just, I saw him in my head, and I think it's with the guy with the either the FBI or the uh, ATF. Oh yeah. And he's 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 black, and he takes on the Uncle Remus tone. Oh, that's Stanley. Yeah, he's he's one of the the cops at Prospect, Stanley Rose. Yes. Uh huh. When he's talked down to by the bad guy. Yeah. (laughs) And and this is a very intelligent man, and. And mm-hmm. Sam Jenkins says basically, you know, he likes to he likes to mess with your head. <laughs> yeah, Stanley is another cool guy. He uh, he's an ex uh, Los Angeles cop who followed his wife back to her hometown in uh, East Tennessee. And normally Stanley sounds like uh, a Caltech graduate. Uh, 
but he likes to mess with people, and he puts on his Uncle Remus act, and uh, I, I, I get a kick out of him. And I, he's probably 6'2", close yeah, he's a big guy. hair, yeah, and he yeah. dresses to the nines, mm-hmm. carries himself straight as an arrow. How about that describing? Yes, that's right. Yeah, Stanley is uh, like a professional wrestler in a police uniform. Yeah, he, he's a good guy, and he's also based on somebody that I knew in in real life. Well, he's just amazing. If you, if Sam Jenkins ever runs out of stories, you could probably do several books on on Stanley and his escapades because oh sure, oh yes, his his whole demeanor just mm-hmm. makes that entire story three dimensional. Mm-hmm. Well, after I got through. Laughing myself silly with those two, and, and and ladies and gentlemen, when you read the titles of these short stories, you're wondering where is he going with the story, because the third story is called Nothing Fits, and it's not F I T X, it's F I T Z. And what what Wayne does is he puts a play on words when he names these short stories, which again, is an attention grabber. And I love it. Did you do that on purpose? Yeah, I sure did. Uh, (laughs) I I know a fellow named uh, Mike Fitzgerald, who I named the main character of that story after. And this is something that uh, sort of happened to him. And he uh, explained the ins and outs of uh, um, the Air Force and uh, how things can go awry and how... uh, uh, Criminals can actually make uh, huge amounts of money by stealing parts from the Air Force. And, of course, just to make things interesting, I had to throw a murder in there, too. Of so, course. Uh, yeah, and we have is, to kill somebody off. <laughs> a lot of that happened during Vietnam. Yes, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Uh, when you were making so much money and life was so cheap, uh, that's just what happened. And I, uh, you know, again, we need that beautiful woman in there. And uh, the uh, OSI, that's the Office of Special Investigations from the Air Force uh, agent uh, at the local Air National Guard base, is based on somebody that I used to work with. So uh, we give these uh, these ladies plenty of ink. And and they get and and let me tell you, it's not that Sam is a womanizer, ladies and gentlemen. He just appreciates a beautiful woman. And with that, we're going to run our last ad because we have got so much more to talk about. So bear with us, and we'll be right back with Arthur Rain's Wayne Zrell. I cannot talk tonight. Former Boston PD Captain Stanford Carter and his wife, forensic scientist Jill Seacrest, have decided to move to the Big Apple to accept positions with the New York branch of the FBI. Rookie agent Shania Deeprose completes the trinity as they collide head-on with raging and rampant social, political, and economic unrest amid a string of murders that seem unrelated and may be serial, copycat, thrill, or hate-driven as they struggle to understand the mind and thought process of the orchestrators, killers, and victims, the team begins to wonder 
who's who. The line between black and white, superior and subordinate, right and wrong, and good and evil disappears as they are forced to reevaluate their own thoughts, feelings, and philosophies. Ultimately, every character must come to their own conclusions to these questions. Is justice ever more important than the law? Is playing God justifiable if it's for the greater good of all? Come along for the ride to see if Agent Carter will decide to stick to being a hunter or become judge, jury, and executioner instead. Find the answers to these questions when you read the new book, The Killing Collective. The Killing Collective is a character-driven story with big characters with depth. They're soul-searching in addition to the biggest case of the agent's careers. The Killing Collective, available on Amazon in both Kindle and paperback editions. Order your copy today. With author Wayne Zarrell here on Off the Chain. I am your host, Yvonne Mason, and we are talking about his latest release, Graceland on Wheels. It is a collection of his short stories, and ladies and gentlemen, they will keep you up at night, not from fear, but because you've laughed so hard that the endorphins are in overdrive and you cannot sleep. The Swine Tattoo. Now, I I would surmise that in your experience and in your career as a New York cop, you probably dealt with some of these Oriental gangs. Yes, we did. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I learned something from uh, people who own their own Chinese restaurant uh, about this uh, particular Malaysian triad. They're ethnic Chinese, but they're uh, on the island of Sarawak in Malaysia. And they control everything from illegal logging to prostitution, drugs, and this restaurant collective. Very much like uh, the way the mafia controls restaurants um, in the the metropolitan New York area. Uh, It's almost a cooperative kind of a system. And uh, if you step outside the boundaries of the system, you know, maybe to make things a little cheaper for yourself, uh, you're going to have a problem. And uh, this is all about a little Chinese restaurant in uh, beautiful downtown Prospect where the, uh, the proprietor starts the story off by getting his pinky chopped off. And Sam happens to be there waiting to... Uh, cash in on the Chinese buffet and uh, ends up investigating uh, a homicide uh, a a day or two later. So this was very interesting to me when uh, I got people to tell me the actual mechanics of how these uh, businesses are conducted and uh, the whole cultural thing uh, with this uh, triad business, uh, uh, the Oriental or Asian uh, organized crime. And, and the the whole idea is for the people to never get out of debt to the triad. Yeah, that's correct. That's right. You, you're you're hooked. Uh, it's a good deal to begin with. You actually have no outlay. Everybody who's in the cooperative foots the money uh, for your restaurant, but then you're obligated to pick up the next person's uh, expenses. And in doing that, you have to uh, use all their vendors. You, you buy their, your food from them. You uh, use the uh, uh, 
garbage pickup. Uh, you buy your utensils from them. It's a, a never-ending uh, stranglehold around these restaurant owners if you happen to get in and uh, need somebody to help you start out your business. So th- this is uh, – it looks good on the outside, but uh, it's one of those things that can uh, put you in uh, a really tough situation if you uh, want to look in the mirror in the next day. Does it also become generational? Oh, yes. Yeah, sure. Uh Absolutely. Uh, the the uh, the people who go into these gangs, triads, uh, it's very difficult to get out. You can buy your way out, but uh, few people have the amount of money that can uh, really buy your freedom. So you're there for life if you uh, uh, decide you want to be part of this organized crime family. Thank you, but I like my freedom too much. But the the Again, you wove such a story. I did not know who did it until the extreme end. And and usually I can figure out who did it even on TV shows before I'm halfway through with, with either watching or reading. But like I said, you're up there with Tim Dorsey because you can keep me engaged from page one to the last page, no matter how many pages are in this book. Well, thank you for saying that. I only speak the truth, my friend. All right, now we have two more stories to talk about, and both of them are hysterical. Alvis in the Building. Again, a play on words. Uh, yeah, Alvis is uh, a pool shark, and Sam met him in a, a, another story. Uh, so Alvis is doing a repeat performance here. And uh, in, in the first story, it had to do with uh, uh, selling guns and stuff like that, which is uh, kind of commonplace. But in this one, uh, I ran across a guy who taught me an awful lot about uh, professional billiards. And uh, it, it was just too interesting for me to say, okay, I can learn this and then let it go. So I had to uh, uh, construct a little deal where uh, someone was murdered uh, based on one of these really high high money uh, billiard contests and all. And uh, there were colorful characters. Uh, the, the people he described to me are just, uh, uh, you have to write about them. They're, they're just too colorful not to, uh, not to exploit and uh, tell everybody you, you know about them. And I, I had a lot of fun doing that uh, with Alvis uh, is in the building. And, of course, you know, Elvis is in the building would go over like crazy in Tennessee, so Elvis is close enough. I loved it. Now, the 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 reason for the the song, ladies and gentlemen, a it's because of the name of the book, and the name of the book is also the name of the last story in the book. And and Wayne is great for this. He saves the very very best for <clears> last. <throat> And he did that, and the name of this story is Graceland on Wheels. And I'm going, what? But when I started reading it, I could have, if I were an artist, I could have painted a picture of the description of that RV. Tell the folks about this wonderful, funny murder story. Well, uh, the story starts out with uh, Sam Jenkins, and his buddy, uh, the uh, 
crime scene technician, uh, Jackie Schumann, are fishing here on uh, the Little River in uh, the Prospect, uh, Walland, uh, Rockford area of East Tennessee. And uh, Sam happens to snag a very big fish, he thinks. But as he reels it in, it's a guy in a white leather jumpsuit. He's got an Elvis impersonator on the hook with a bullet hole in his chest. And from there, of course, Sam has to find out who killed the Elvis impersonator. And in backtracking things, he finds the guy lived in a uh, a big RV, which was uh, decorated to look just like the living room and uh, the, the other rooms in Graceland in Memphis, Tennessee. So we had Graceland on wheels. It was a rolling version of Elvis's home uh, from way out there in West Tennessee. And, and that was and based I on... I loved it when Betty says, have you ever been to Graceland? And Sam says, where? She says, Graceland. That's Elvis's home. He says, no. She says, that's un-American. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, Betty Betty knows. Yeah, that's another one of my, my that's probably my favorite character, you know, besides Sam. But, you know, I, I let Sam do his thing. But yeah, Betty is the real star of the show. And and she um, not only keeps him grounded, but she, in her own southern way, teaches him the culture of the mm-hmm. area. And I love the way you wove that in there. Is is she keeps him from making a fool out of himself because he can't yeah. help himself. He he needs a little grounding, as you say. That's right. <laughs> But it, ladies and gentlemen, if y'all have not read any of Wayne's books, no, y'all can't go now. You got to wait till after the show because it, it, Tim Dorsey is one of my favorite authors, and if you haven't read Tim Dorsey, you should because he knows how to keep a reader engaged and and describe in detail the 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 people, the places, the things. Wayne does the same thing. He literally puts the reader slap in the middle of the story and when Sam is interrogating the suspects and and they're using their southern stupidity and I say that with love because southerners can act really stupid when they want to be they know nothing but I want to smack them because they're not that dumb (laughs) would you agree that southerners can pretend to be really, really stupid when they don't want you to know something. I'm going to let you say that. As a Yankee, <laughs> I'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. But see, I grew up that way. Mm-hmm. And and I've seen it in action. All of a sudden, they can be the most backwoods, stupid people I've ever seen in my life. And you know they know, and they know that you know they know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what makes and you, yeah, it comes out in the book, and it is so funny because I can see it. Well, uh, I think at, at this point he he's pretty well into his uh, five years in the first contract that he's got with Prospect PD. Uh, he had to handle on uh, the folks in Tennessee, just like he had a handle on the people in uh, New York. So uh, they're getting along real well. You know, he's the cop, they're the bad guys, and uh, Sam always comes out smelling like a rose in the end, even though he does (laughs) things that might uh, stretch the Constitution a little bit here or there. And Uh, him and the mayor, 
Tim and the mayor have this love-hate relationship. They love to hate each other. Oh, you got to read the next book when you uh, you, you want to hear what the, these two guys have to say to each other. You'll love oh, that one. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Because, ladies and gentlemen, this mayor is a is a big fish in this little pond, and then all of a sudden you have this interloper come into this little town, and he's very highly respected. He's made. He's got contacts in the FBI. He's got contacts in the ATF. Now he has contacts over on the on the Air Force base, and he knows how to work with these people to solve crimes. And the mayor's kind of like a little Banny Rooster in the in the hen house, getting his back up all the time because Sam plays by his rules. And not the mayor. <laughs> yeah, Sam's a, Sam makes up the rules as he goes along sometimes. And That's just, true, uh, you know, Yeah, and he hopes that everything comes out in the wash. And generally speaking, he, he comes out uh, okay. Now, you have a character, and Alvis is in the building, that she is so funny. And it's the madam and the best little whorehouse in, in Prospect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She is so colorful. Where did you find her? Um, I'd rather not say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I kind of. Uh, she's a figment of, of my imagination, and uh, she was good enough in that story. Uh, and and she's going to be back. Her name is Chastity Per Year. Um, and I, I thought the name Chastity for a madam was a, a, a good uh, thing to do. Uh, oh, you're evil. <laughs> yeah, she, she's going to be back in uh, a bleak prospect, too. And she helps Sam uh, solve this, this big serial murder uh, case that he's going to be working there. And, and she is just uh, the greatest southern lady that you could ever imagine. Uh, she runs a whorehouse, but she is, as she claims, she is not in the trade. She's just in the business. Uh, but for Sam, she'd make an exception. <laughs> and Sam is uh, forever the gentleman. You know, he uh, uh, he likes her as a friend and uh, kind of dances around getting involved uh, any more than being just friends. And it's all innocent flirtation. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's another thing about your books. You have these great-looking women that are sexy and beautiful and professional, and Sam is a consummate professional, but you still have that electricity. And Sam loves his wife very much, ladies and gentlemen. He is he is ever the the loyal husband. But as as in 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 normal life, you have this electricity between Sam and these gorgeous women, and and you you see it almost going over to the edge. But then you pull the reader back and you go. No, we're not going there, but I'm just going to let you pretend. That's close enough. Yeah, we we, we <laughs> let that happen, but no more. Exactly. Uh, some, someday you never know, but uh, so far uh, I've I've kept Sam as a pretty uh, as far as cops go, Sam is ready for sainthood. Yeah, he is. And and you almost want to think, does this man not have any flaws? I mean, he has this beautiful Austin Healy, which he could probably go right over the edge if something happened to that baby. I'm thinking of the things that would make him, you know, cross that line. 
something happening to that Austin Haley might make him cross the line. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) And if something were to happen to Barbara, yeah, that Mm -hmm. would cross the line. Yeah, that's Kate. Barbara's my wife. I mean, Kate, Barbara. Kate. <laughs> yeah. they, well, they, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that's right. Sam and Barbara, the, the mm-hmm. four of you, <laughs> make this possible. Yeah. But, yeah, it, 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 he is he is the consummate gentleman, cop, a, a human. And, and you see the little cracks and you wonder, okay, will he ever cross that line? And that makes me keep reading in that and the funny dialogue between him and everybody in Prospect. Well, Sam couldn't be a smart guy. I think he'd uh, uh, probably retire a lot uh, earlier than what he has. Yeah, he he likes to be uh, uh, sort of a smarty. And he he does have a wicked sense of humor. He Mm. really, really does. Now, with that being said... The new book will be out, hopefully, in March or April. Yes, that's right. And it's called The New Prospect, and it's about a serial killer, correct? No, this is A Bleak Prospect. Uh, A New Prospect prospect was the first first of the series. Yeah, Bleak Prospect. It's a serial killer that the press has called um, the Riverside Strangler. Ooh. And these are are Internet prostitutes that the uh, Strangler is... uh, Praying upon, and uh, finally, after seven murders, the eighth happens in Prospect, and Sam becomes part of the uh, investigation, and he joins a task force uh, in the county, and I then he wait. gets another murder on uh, on his territory, and uh, uh, all kinds of other little side stories happen, and uh, everything starts falling apart, and. You have to wonder if Sam can bring it back together. I can't wait for that one, ladies and gentlemen. Now, you're not going to believe this, my friend, but our hour, once again, is almost up. Isn't that quick? My gosh, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> we just get to talking about all these fun things and these characters, and they they are so real. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all have to read his books, I'm telling you, because the characters... Don't they just don't pull you into the story? When you shut the book at the last page, they jump out of the story and hang out with you. I'm telling you. So you have done your job, my friend. Thank you. Thanks very much. I try. Now, 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 there's no need in blushing. Just take it and roll with it because. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have done an excellent, excellent. I'm a hard reader to please. Because of my background. So when I read crime novels or even uh, crime fiction or or suspense, I expect it to be believable. And you nailed it. You nailed the southernisms. You nailed everything. It's a perfect book. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I try to uh, put authenticity in there. Without that, I wouldn't be happy. So I've got to please myself, too. And you do it so well. So with that being said, before we run out of town, tell the folks where you can be found, where the books can be found, where they can find you on Facebook, because I know after tonight they're going to want to find you everywhere. And then if you will let me know when the other book gets ready to come out, I'll even do a special show and bring you back so we can launch it here on the show. 
I sure will. I'd like that. Thanks very much. Oh, okay. Sure. Uh, you, you can find me. My website is www.waynezerlbooks.net, and that's got everything uh, that I've written there. You can get links to wherever you'd like to buy them. And uh, also, if you, you take a look at that home page, uh, I'll give you a free copy of a new prospect, uh, an ebook copy, uh, just to get you started, to get No Sam and uh, Kate and all the people at Prospect PD. Then, uh, if you'd like to go directly to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or anybody, they, they, they've uh, Kobo, uh, Smashwords, all those people. They, they've got everything, so you can go to your favorite places to shop and. Uh, uh, get a good deal on these uh, e-books, or if you want old-fashioned hard copies like I like, uh, they're available too. So there you go. And he's also on Facebook, so look him up on yes, Facebook. Yes, yeah, Facebook. I, it's real easy. Just uh, Facebook or Twitter, Wayne Zerl, spelled as one word, and you'll find me. And you'll want to you'll want to stay hooked up with him because he's all the time putting out new stuff. Now tomorrow night at eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We have homeschooler and wonderful mother Melissa Green with us. On Friday night, we have author Terry Margit with us. I will be off on Saturday night. And then next Wednesday night, we will be doing a Valentine's Day special. On It's not going to be Hearts and Roses, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be about cyberbullying and domestic abuse. I can't think of a better time to do that because it has now become epidemic. Uh, people are beginning to hit some friends of mine, and I don't like it. So we will be doing that, so join us then for those three shows. And you all know that I always say this. Wayne, don't hang up, but I want to thank you so much for the pleasure and the honor of, of your company for an hour. It's It's always so much fun to talk with you and see what Sam is up to and all of his friends and and family and, and prospect. Well, thank you. And he w- uh, I appreciate you are, it. You are welcome. And he will come back, ladies and gentlemen. But y'all know I always say a couple of things at the end of the show because I feel they're very, very important. And one is if you want to change who you are today as to who you are tomorrow, then the difference is in what you do. So if you want to be different tomorrow from who you are today, then change what you do. If you want to achieve greatness, please stop asking permission because nobody's going to give it to you. Your smile is your logo. Your personality is your business card. And how you leave others feeling after having had an experience with you, ladies and gentlemen, trust me, that is your trademark. And if you don't believe me, try it. People will forget your name. They will forget what you look like. They will forget what you wear. But they will never, ever, ever forget the way that you have made them feel. And with that being said, don't just feel special. Be special because feelings are fleeting. When you get up in the morning and look at yourself in the mirror, don't say, I feel special today because in five minutes you might not feel special. When you get up and look at yourself in the mirror, say, I am special. I am great. I am respectful. I am somebody. Because if you don't do that, nobody else will. So with that being said, I want to say thank you once again to Wayne for spending an hour of his time with us and for all of you all for taking the time to listen to the show and sharing it. 
and join us tomorrow night at 8 o'clock when we once again are off the chain with our guest. You know, on this show, you never know what's going to happen. Who knows? The conversations go everywhere. So this is your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, Arthur Wayne Zurl. And this is Off the Chain, and tomorrow night we we will return at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So until then, we say good evening. Okay, so you know what I'm going to do tomorrow, uh, tonight I'm going to, when it goes up in the archives, I'm going to put it on my page and tag you in it, and you take it and share it with everybody, and then tomorrow okay. I'll put it up on the, the different podcast and also um, tag you in it when I put the links up. We are now on iHeartRadio. Uh-huh. Okay. Under Southern Chats with Yvonne Mason. So if you know anybody that listens to iHeartRadio, tell them to look up under podcast and look up Southern Chats with Yvonne Mason, and they will see the show there. Okay, very good. Thank you. You are quite welcome, and thank you, my dear, for spending an hour with me. I I had so much fun. Yeah, this is always a pleasure. Thanks very much. All right, sweetheart. Well, we will be chatting, and let me know as soon as that book comes out, and we'll launch it on the show. I sure will. I'll send you a copy. All right, sweetheart. Talk to you later. Okay, bye now. Thanks again. Uh Uh-huh. Bye-bye.